A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome, potential sleepers, to The Sleep Pod. My name is James, and every episode, I make up a boring, rambling, and mildly amusing story to help you get in the mood for a good night's sleep. We're back after a brief break. I have refilled my creative reservoir, done a lot of in-depth research on sleep, and made my annual sacrifice to the unnamed entity that has granted me the gift of boring everyone I talk to. For this episode's story, the unnamed entity has provided me with the word of inspiration by making sure that it appears in almost every news story for the past few weeks, which has been impossible to ignore. And the word is... King. So, get yourself comfortable. Dry yourself thoroughly before using a pillow. Batten down the hatches. And I'll begin with this episode's story. King. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. 
Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Somewhere in the distant future, Tamarind Vault was strolling around his field. He was just a simple, humble cucumber farmer. All he knew was growing cucumbers. It was his life's work. But it was not his passion. He came from a long line of cucumber farmers. His father grew cucumbers. His mother grew cucumbers. All of his grandparents had grown cucumbers. And so on, as far back as any of the records of cucumber farmers showed. Tamarind's cucumber field was quite large. It was long. It was quite flat. And it was wide. Things had been tough for the cucumber industry for quite a while, especially after the invention of red avocados, which seemed to be the only type of thing people wished to purchase. It was a hard life, but... At the end of the day, at the very least, he could say he had some cucumbers, which, in fairness, is more than what some people had. He was sure that the red avocado bubble would eventually burst, so all he could do was carry on growing cucumbers and hold out until the tide of taste turned back to his favor. Tamarind stood in his field surveying his land 
could see cucumbers from one horizon to the other. He then turned 90 degrees and in that direction he could also see cucumbers from horizon to horizon. He had a lot of cucumbers. He sighed, reached into his pocket, retrieved his pocket computer and tapped a few buttons to indicate that he had stood in the field and checked that all the cucumbers were present and correct. He yawned. He'd done a lot of walking all over his field. But now it was time for him to return to his home. So he breathed in a big, deep breath and started walking back to his farmhouse over the muddy and cucumbery land. As he walked, he looked around him some more, but this time he wasn't looking at the cucumbers. He was looking at the sky. The sun was setting. A few stars had started to make an appearance. But the moon was not present yet. Because it was too early for moon time. Tamarind walked and walked. And in the distance the small square silhouette of his home gradually got larger and larger until he was stood right in front of his home. It was a modest building. It had windows and doors and some quite nice lights that illuminated the building. As he approached, the lights turned on. As it was almost approaching darkness now, he reached his front door, turned the handle, stamped his feet on the area outside of the door to remove any excess dirt and cucumbers from his boots. Before entering, he looked around once more. All was peaceful on the cucumber farm. 
and so he entered his house. It had been a long day, so all Tamarind wanted to do was relax on the sofa, maybe have a snack, maybe a nice drink as a treat. And so, that is exactly what he did. He made himself a nice cucumber salad, poured himself a frosty glass of cucumber beer, and sat on his sofa, which happened to be designed to look like a cucumber. He didn't like it, and felt that it was a little bit weird to have a cucumber-shaped sofa, but it was a family heirloom from his great-great-grandmother, who actually was not a cucumber farmer, but a helicopter pilot. He sat on the sofa, ate his salad, and drank his cucumber beer, whilst watching whatever happened to be on the television. There wasn't anything on, just documentaries about dolphins, competitive cooking shows, an art house movie about a woman who was made of paint, and reruns of the news from a time when things were slightly more interesting. He finished his salad, finished his beer, and got into a more comfortable, slouchy position. He didn't want to fall asleep on the cucumber sofa, but he didn't want to move. So he just stayed there, and slowly his eyes began to close. But then, suddenly, there was a knock on the door. Ooh, he thought. I wonder who that is. He stood up and made his way over to the front door. He looked through the circular window that was positioned directly at head height of the door, 
but he couldn't see anybody there. Hmm, he thought. Maybe I imagined it. He pondered this for a moment, shrugged, and then decided to open the door, just to check to see if there was anybody there, or if the knocking was a figment of his imagination. He turned the handle and opened the door. Cool night air kissed his skin, giving him goosebumps. He shivered, but still took a step outside. He looked from left to straight ahead to right, and he couldn't see anybody. Oh, he said, maybe there wasn't anybody there. Maybe I did imagine the knocking. After all, it's a well-documented fact that cucumber farmers often imagine hearing doors knocking. He had spent some time in his youth helping university students study this effect. He was just about to go back inside when suddenly a crow appeared. Ah, said Tamarind, a crow. The crow flew down and landed on the ground, around six feet in front of him. Hello, said Tamarind. Hello, said the crow. Tamarind's eyes went wide and his eyebrows raised. Oh, he said. You can talk. Yes, said the crow, as it hopped from foot to foot. I am a messenger crow. Ah, said Tamarind. I thought as much. Yes, said the crow. I have a message for you. For me, said Tamarind. Yes, said the messenger crow. Is your name Tamarind Volt? Yes, said Tamarind. That is my name. Ah, said the crow. Well, congratulations. I do have a message for you. Oh, cool, said Tamarind. Do you want to come into my house, or will you just give me the message right here? 
the crow thought for a moment. Hmm. I better just give you it here. Okay, said Tamarind. Go ahead. Give me your message, crow. Yes, said the crow. Okay, right. It is a message from the king. Wow, said Tamarind. A message from the king to me. Yes, said the crow. Wow, said Tamarind. I forgot we still had a king. Yes, said the crow. For some reason, monarchy is still required. I don't really understand it, because I am just a crow. Yes, said Tamarind. I can understand your confusion. Many people would think that the concept of monarchy would have ended long ago. But we all came together and agreed that having a king would be a good idea. Who else would live in special houses and have special hats? Ah, said the crow. I understand. Thank you. That's okay, said Tamarind. Now, what is the message that the king has for me? The crow cleared its throat. For the attention of Tamarind Vault, Please come to the castle at your earliest convenience. Signed, The King. Oh, said Tamarind. Do you think that means now, or can I wait until the morning? The crow thought for a moment. Hmm, I think waiting until the morning is fine. That's usually what happens whenever I deliver these kind of messages to people. Okay, said Tamarind. Thank you. Not a problem, said the crow. I am going to go now, goodbye. And the crow flew away, leaving Tamarind waving. He watched the crow fly far into the sky until it was no longer visible, which didn't take that long, because it was night time. Hmm, said Tamarind. Well, I'd best stop sleeping on the sofa and go and get a good night's sleep, because it sounds like I've got a big day tomorrow. And so he went inside, 
made himself a nice warm glass of cucumber milk and put himself to bed and had a very, very restful sleep. The next day, Tamarind woke, feeling very refreshed. He had a shower, got dressed, did all of his other normal morning routine, and ate a nice slice of cucumber toast. He called up his best friend, Lyle, to take care of business on the cucumber farm while he was away. He wasn't sure how long the king was going to need him. So he thought it would be best to get somebody in, just in case. And when he was all ready for his journey to the castle, he left his home, waved goodbye to Lyle, waved goodbye to all the other members of staff on the cucumber farm, waved goodbye to the cucumbers, hopped on his tricycle, and headed for the castle. He drove down road after road, lane after lane, through valleys, around mountains, through a golf course, and along the coast. And eventually, he started to be able to see the castle. It was very large, had lots of turrets and spires and walls and a moat and a gatehouse and more walls and a small village around the base of it. As he got closer, he started seeing even more details. All the bricks, flags, coats of arms, laser beams, all of the usual castle-y things. The village at the base of the castle was called Castletown. Though it clearly was not big enough to be called a town. It had winding streets and old buildings and a lot of gift shops for tourists. He drove the tricycle around all the winding streets, making his way gradually up towards the main castle gates. And eventually, he arrived at the gatehouse 
the drawbridge was up. Oh no, he thought. What do I do now? He looked around for a bell to ring. He didn't know what else to do in this situation. He got off the tricycle and walked around a bit. And eventually, he found the doorbell. He shrugged, lifted up his right index finger, and firmly pressed the button. It made a faint, tinny, ding-dong noise audible. He wasn't sure where the noise had come from. But then, he worked it out, because a door opened. He turned to the door. Oh, he said. Hello, as a figure stepped out. The figure turned out to be a lady called Joan. Hello, my name is Joan. What's your name? Ah, uh, said Tamarind. Tamarind. Tamarind Vault. A raven came to my door, telling me that the king has requested my company. Joan fished in her pocket for a pocket computer and then pulled out the pocket computer. She started pressing a few buttons and doing some scrolling. Ah yes, there you are. Right on time. Oh. Good, said Tamarind. Do you know what the appointment is in regards to? He asked. Hmm, said Joan. Your meeting has been labelled as miscellaneous. So it could be anything. Oh, said Tamarind. Is that good or bad? Joan looked at Tamarind up and down. She then shrugged. I don't know, but I'm sure you'll find out soon enough. Now, you can get back on your tricycle, and I'll let you in. Okay, said Tamarind. Thank you. Bye-bye, said Joan, and she waved and returned through the door that she had previously emerged from. With a big grinding noise, the gates started to move. First they started to open up, 
and then folded down slightly, and then went even more apart. Then it reassembled itself into a bridge over the moat, in the usual fashion that those gates did. Tamarind revved the engine on his tricycle and crossed the new bridge. Just as he made it to the other side, the bridge retracted and reformed into its previous big gate form. Another gate opened up, so he carried on tricycling through and hoped that he would get told when to stop using the tricycle and to just walk on foot. So he went down road after road, through gate after gate. They must have had sensors of some kind, but he wasn't sure exactly where the sensors were. Maybe somebody was watching him. Either way, it became quite clear when he needed to get off the tricycle and finish the journey on foot. Because there was a large neon sign that said, park your vehicle here and continue on foot. So that's exactly what he did. He climbed off the tricycle and looked around at his surroundings. He was in the center of a large courtyard there was a few steps leading up to a large, grand-looking door. He walked towards the door, up step after step, until he reached the door, and just as he got to it, it opened. He looked around, hoping somebody was going to come and greet him, because he felt a bit rude just walking into the house. No, wait, castle. He had to keep reminding himself that he was in a castle now, which is different from a house, because it is special and big and old. The floor on the inside was marble. As he walked, his footsteps echoed and reverberated. Everything was marble. There was marble pillars, marble walls, marble ceiling, marble chairs, 
a statue of a man made of marble. And a marble bucket filled with marbles. Huh. He thought. Marble. He wasn't sure why, but he felt like he knew which way to go. Probably because there was no other doors. And the room that he was in was quite long. And lined with pillars, which clearly gave the impression that he should be walking in that direction. So he did. He walked, and he walked, and he walked. He wasn't sure what function this room normally served. It was just very wide, but very, very long. And in the distance he could see there was something like a red velvet curtain that hung from ceiling to floor. So he carried on walking towards it. And as he got closer, he could see that it was big red velvet curtain. And eventually, he was stood right in front of it. Hmm. A curtain, he thought. Now what? He looked around for anything else. Any indication of what he should do. But there was nothing. Should he clear his throat? Make his presence known? Try to knock on a surface to raise awareness of his presence? Or should he just push the curtain aside, crawl underneath it, and see what was on the other side? As he weighed up his options, suddenly the curtain moved. It parted, pulled itself apart, revealing a throne. His eyes his eyes refocused, and he looked from the ground up to the throne that was made of gold and jewels and silver and diamonds 
and feathers. And sitting on the throne, there was a man. He had a very special hat on. said the man. You must be Tamarind. Yes, said Tamarind. I am Tamarind. Good, said the man. I am the king. Ah, said Tamarind. I thought so. I thought as much, but I didn't want to say it out loud in case I was wrong. I mean, after all, you are here in the big, special old building sitting on a big special chair, and you do have a very special hat on. The king nodded. Yes, he said. That is usually how you can tell if somebody is a king. That is very observant, Tamarind. Thank you, King, said Tamarind. The King smiled. So, I suppose you're wondering why I have requested your presence here. Yes, said Tamarind. Well, said the king, I did a lot of asking around. I hear that you are a cucumber farmer. That is correct, said Tamarind. Ah, said the king, but cucumber farming is not your real passion, is it? Hmm, said Tamarind. No, I suppose not. Do you know what your true passion is, Tamarind? Inquired the king. No, he said. Well, said the king. I would like to present you with an opportunity to see if something else might be your true passion. Ooh, said Tamarind. That's very kind of you. It's not a problem, said the king. I need somebody 
Somebody who I can trust. Somebody who knows how to get things done. Do you think you match that description, Tamarind? Tamarind thought for a moment. Yes, I think so. The king smiled. Great. Because I need somebody who can find something for me. Somebody who can get things done. Somebody who can beat the odds. Somebody who's not scared of danger, mystery, and intrigue. Does that still sound like something that you could be, Tamarin? Yes, I think so. I would definitely like a challenge. Ah, said the king. In that case, I would like to send you on a quest. A quest? said Tamarind. What for? Well, said the king. He looked around, making sure that nobody else was listening to him. I have heard of something that I would like. Something that has been thought to be lost to time. I have heard rumors of it all of my life. But I think the time has come for me to see if I can actually get it. Hmm, said Tamarind. That sounds exciting and maybe a little dangerous. Possibly, said the king. I need you, Tamarin, to go and find me the recipe for trifle. Hmm, said Tamarind. I don't understand what that word means. said the king. It is a type of dessert from the long ago time. Nobody's quite sure what was in it. 
was made of, and why it has been forgotten. Okay, said Tamarind. Trifle. Do you think you are up for the challenge? said the king. said Tamarind. Yes, I think I am. Excellent, said the king. I recommend you go and spend the night in Castletown. You know, the small village at the base of the castle that you must have drove through to get here. Yes, said Tamarind. Well, said the king. Spend the night there and start your quest in the morning. Okay, said Tamarind. Okay, said the king. Go on then, off you pop. Tamarind waved, turned, and retraced his steps back to the courtyard, and then out of the castle. as he drove his tricycle around the village. How exciting. I think I will find a nice place to spend the night, and then have some closing thoughts about what lays ahead of me. So he went around for a little bit longer, until he found a small boutique hotel. He parked up and entered the building. There was a little desk in the small room. As he walked in, it had a tiny bell on it. He looked around. Couldn't see anybody else. So he rang the bell. A small hatch opened up from the center of the table. And a tiny little robot popped out. Hello, beep boop, said the robot. Hello, said Tamarind. Beep boop. My name is Gleg. How can I help you? Ah, said Tamarind. Hello there, Gleg. I would like a room for the night. Beep boop, said Gleg. Okay. 
We have one of those for you. Am I right in thinking that the king has sent you on a quest? Yes, said Tamarind. Ooh, how exciting. Okay, you don't have to pay for it. Oh, said Tamarind. That's good. Beep boop, said Gleg. Now, if you just look into this tiny camera, I'll scan your eyes because that's going to be better than using a key. Okay, said Tamarind. And he let Gleg scan his eye. Bloop bleep, he said. Okay, said Tamarind. Can I go in my room now, please? Yes, said Gleg. It's just down that way. And he pointed towards a door. Please enjoy your stay, and good luck. Thank you, said Tamarind. He walked down the hallway, found the door, and entered it. It wasn't a big room, but it was quite nice. It had a soft bed, a desk, a television, a radio, a tiny fridge. Tamarind sat on the bed and did a big, long yawn. Wow, he thought. A quest for the king. Well, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. But apparently, finding a trifle for royalty is exactly the kind of thing that I really want to do. Today has been a good day. He did some stretches and lay down on the bed and decided not to do any planning until the morning when he would set off on a new an interesting chapter of his life. Well, that's the end of this episode's story. I think I'm going to have to carry that on next episode. So, that's something to look forward to. Before I go, I'd like to give some thanks and shoutouts to Jamie, Kona, Eleanor, Kelly, another Jamie, and some mysterious anonymous supporters for all buying me a coffee. Thanks so much, and I really appreciate it. If you want to support the show, you too can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash thesleeppod. 
or just follow the link in the episode's description. As always, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, sleep well. Night-night. <laughs>